All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's episode 11, and we are here with our friend Courtney Henderson. First and foremost, Courtney, thanks for making time and coming out. Appreciate you guys, thanks, man. It's an honor to be here, seriously. Great. We, we know fan. you're a very busy man. You're, you're sitting with three uh, fans of your work, fans of your uh, pretty much everything, your history. I know we're going to dive into a lot of it. Um, you know the nature of the show. We almost had a little mini podcast before we went live here just on everything <laughs> you're into, and, and it's a lot. Um, so I know you're a local San Diego guy. Um, kind of wanted to take it back, like uh, where you grew up. I don't know if you're a native, um, if San Diego has been your home your whole life and, and just kind of start from there. Um, I'm pretty much a military brat. Um, I'm originally from, uh, Albany, Georgia, small little city. It's like the, ch- it's not the size of Chula Vista, but a small little city, uh, country boy, you know, raised on the farm. Um, that type of, that type of lifestyle. My mom met my stepdad, which is I don't even like saying that because he's my real dad because he's pretty much raised me since I was a little snotty-nosed kid. <laughs> <laughs> so she met him, and um, he was military, so um, they got married, and we started traveling the world, man. So we went to uh, North Carolina, Camp Lejeune, uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, which is Jacksonville. Went to Japan, lived in Japan for like three or four years. Um, then my dad retired here in San Diego, so that's what got me here. Oh, sure. damn. Yeah. Damn. It's pretty so, crazy. Do you, do you still got that part of you that uh, likes moving around, or are you pretty much settled? Oh, man. You know, it was when I was a younger kid, it was a lot, you know, because every three years we're moving to a different location. But now, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm settled now pretty much. I'm an old man, so I'm settled now for sure. <laughs> how long have you, you been now in San Diego? Ooh, uh, maybe almost 20 years now. Really? Nice. Yeah, almost 20 years. So this so, is home, you know, Oh, this is home. Oh, man. I claim San Diego because, you know I me. Mean, it's San Diego, so, you know <laughs> San Diego, <laughs> Albany, Georgia. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you exactly. still got any Georgia in you? Is there any, still any habits you have or something you do that... Uh, the way I talk, man. I mean, yeah. nobody can understand the way I talk, you know? Like, <laughs> I just, it's this braced in me, it's in me. So, people, when I talk, people are like, what are you saying? You know, so, yeah, it's, it's the lingo, I guess, for sure. Damn, but, so what, what are the... Cause, Never really been uh, close with anyone or sat down with anyone who grew up in like a military family that traveled around. What's the, what's I guess the good? What's the bad from from that lifestyle? Because I know it's different than a normal kid who who grows up in the same neighborhood, same right. friends, same school district. Well, it was. I feel like when you travel a lot, you meet a lot of different cultures, you know, and you're less ignorant to a lot of things. And the cool thing about me when I went when I was living in Japan, say per se, right, and I came back when I came back to America. Uh, I was above everybody else uh, education-wise. I was like in these honor classes when I came back to the United States, and I was like the smart kid in the whole the whole class. So, I mean, that's a good thing about that, you know. Like when you go overseas, to you know, I feel like the education level is a lot better. Totally, you know for sure. So, did you ever have that? Was it ever pushed on you, or did you ever have that part of you that was going the military route? My, truthfully, my dad, he was like, I want if if you want to do it, you can do it, but I don't advise you to do it, you know. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I had, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like, you know, I was born into it. I always thought about it. You know what I mean? So I'm out. That was my mindset for sure. Totally. Not, not really military. Were you ever that kid with, with saying that, that you had the entrepreneur mindset? Were you the kid that had like the, the lemonade stand or was doing like the, <laughs> no. the mosh pot? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if no. lemonade stands even exist in Georgia, but like, did you have that where you, you know, some kids like they sell baseball, baseball cards or they're doing that stuff young. Did you have those? No, man. Cause it's a different mindset. I'm from a like, you know, the same story that you hear the the rough neighborhoods the low poverty so we think about different things you know i was exposed to like you know a lot of drugs and 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 you know you name it the worst pimps all that stuff so 
Yeah, so it was, a, it was just a different environment, you know what I mean, for sure. It was more about survival than anything, even at a young age. It's crazy. How old were you when you went to, over to Japan? Um, I was probably, I was probably like 11 or 12, I want to say. 11 or 12. I was probably went to Japan. So you were old enough to where you could, you really, the, the culture shock hit you? Absolutely. Because, I mean, like I said, it was like one day, you know, I was just in, in, in Albany, Georgia, and you live in this, this, you know, like this poverty life. Then, uh, then the next day, my mom is like, hey, I'm getting married. This is your new dad. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? And, you know, growing up, my mom never had brought any guys around. So, right. like, one day she was like, okay, meet this guy. This is your dad. Then all this, like, the week later, we're traveling to Japan. Damn. Damn. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. Like, it was crazy. So I was just like, what is going on? You know, so um, we we leave and we go to Japan and it's like now I'm in eight, you know, like this whole another culture. So I'm really confused as a kid. Like, what is going on? Like, but it was awesome. Once you get adjusted, once I was there for like six months, I got adjusted, you know, and I start, you know, having, you know, meeting people and meeting friends and stuff like that. So everything kind of worked out for sure. Did you learn the language over there? I did. I did. Um, so I was there for almost five years. So. And when you go to school, the, it was mandatory to learn, you know, Japanese for sure. So, yeah, it was awesome. How, so much, how much of it? Yeah, I was none. none. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I mean, still know some words and things like that, but I mean, I, I haven't been in that culture in so long. So. When people uh, talk about Japan, they always speak about, you know, the mannerisms and the customs over there and how, you know, people are super, um, so polite. Yes, bro. Very respectful. So how, uh, how many of those customs do you still, like, have embedded in you absolutely i mean like you're saying once you travel and you meet these other cultures you learn a lot and that's one thing that i, I learned from the japanese cultures respect like no matter what there is they're so respectful humble people so when i went there you know it was just you learn that you learn that because that's your environment you know and um and and that's that roughed up on me so now it's like i try to respect everybody no matter what you know it's, it's all about respect for me for sure this is going to sound super ignorant, but uh, when you keep talking about, you know, going to Japan and you're brand new, all I can think about is that brand new Karate Kid movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what it's like? Where you just, where did you have any trouble with like all the locals or anything? Or were they like very receptive no. and welcoming to you? No, because you have, um, you're, so when you go to Japan, you live on, you live on base. It's, they're called bases. So it's, okay. it's, so you're living in military communities. So you're, you're not really in like, you know, the Japanese culture right. and that they're living next to Japanese people or anything like that. You're living next to military uh, houses and communities. Those are the kids in the yeah. same scenarios. Yeah. It's okay. the same Got thing. It. You know what I mean? But, but you do go out and you meet the people and, and you interact with them as well. You know what I mean? It was so crazy because like, I guess you know you you go out like like I said you go you live on these bases so it's it's like these these you're, it's, it's fences you're surrounded by fences right and when you leave the base you go into the mili- uh the Japanese communities and the Japanese people they they weren't really used to black people so I remember by you know going out there and the kids like the young kids are seeing me and they want to touch my skin <laughs> stuff like really? that yeah, yeah bro. it was that crazy you know because they'd never seen a black person before you know so the kids that come up to me and they'll just touch your skin and they're curious so it's pretty it's intriguing for sure what was there one thing going over there that was like the if it's like the culture shock or the adjustment for you going over to japan and living um no it was just it was just when i go over there uh what no what was the question i'm sorry like what was there an integration period like what was the hardest part of like adjusting to being over there um it's just the whole mindset because you you so programmed to the United States. So when you go over there, it's like, you know, the eating, the food, um, you know, 
just 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 the whole mindset of just being in a different place. Mm. Nothing in particular, you know. You just you're out of your your comfort zones and you're out of things that's that's usual that you're you're comfortable to. You know what I mean? So yeah, nothing crazy. Definitely. So I mean, I, I know we're gonna get into a lot of like you're one of our our favorite photographers and and your work to watch. Stop when when was the it. first time that you that you ever like picked up a camera or you ever had that that uh, the thought or interest go through your mind about now the work that you're in? Man, you know, um, I would say on because I was I used to work in uh, at UCSD Hillcrest. I was a trauma tech, so I was <clears throat> in the medical industry, and um, it was just working there all the time. All the stuff that I was dealing with there, you know, I started thinking about uh, other career options I can do, and I, I always had. I always loved photography. So I was doing, I was doing like this iPhone photography. So I'll go around and take pictures of stuff and, and try to edit it on my phone and things like that. And, and, and I always had, I always had the interest for photography. That was just my thing. Like it was built in me. I don't know why, mm. but that was pretty much it. You know? So did you, and again, I'll always say this might be an ignorant question. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you go like, you go through schooling or did you go to school for it or anything in that field? Absolutely not, man. All YouTube, YouTube no university. Way. YouTube University. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, so photography is a very expensive uh, hobby for sure. You know, so at the time I couldn't really afford it. So I just, I would um, go on YouTube. You know, when I bought my first camera, it was a, a Canon T3i. I will go on YouTube and I watch YouTube videos. Then I go out and practice. Mm. Then I go back and watch another YouTube video and I go out and practice and watch another YouTube and I go out and practice. And I start p- picking up the new techniques and things like that. And after a while, you know, start becoming proficient and know how to use the camera in a manual mode and things like that for sure. It's cool. So did you yeah. have, did you have another impression when you were, when you were a kid, like when you say, when I want to grow up, I want to be this. Did you have that? Like what, what was it growing up that you really were aspiring to be? Business, bro. Business, really? business, business it was Where, always business. Where do you think that came from? I don't know. I can tell you. I don't, I, I can't tell you. I don't know, but I always wanted to pursue my own thing and be, and be, and be in control of my own destiny. Always, man, for some reason, I never wanted to like work for anyone, anyone else. I always wanted to have my own business. Always, bro. So, so I don't know where it came from. Did you weird. ever have like a, a normal job? I always had a job, you know. Um, I always worked a job. Like I started working. My first job was at Wendy's when I was 15 years old. That's my first job. Damn. And um, I hated it. I got fired. Yeah. Hated it. I was getting paid four dollars an hour. What'd you get fired for? Um, just, just been being this, being the best. Eating the fries. Yeah, eating the fries. <laughs> stealing the burgers. Spicy nuggets. You know, yeah, spicy nuggets, you know, just not doing, not doing my job, you mean? You know, so every job, actually almost every job I had, I almost got fired from, for sure. Yeah, and then I always bust my ass, but I'll do something stupid, you know, and I get fired. Is it safe to say that Wendy's was your, your least favorite job? Yes, or? bro. It was like slavery, bro. Bro, <laughs> 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 I swear, like, at Wendy's, I'll, I'll work the front, then I go out, do dishes all day, just wash dishes. And I was working 10-hour days, man. I was 15, 16 years old. That's crazy. 10-hour days, just washing dishes in the back, do the, uh, the work in the register. You know, it was horrible, man. It was pff, horrible, bro. Getting paid four bucks an hour. If there's yep. anything that'll teach you that you you don't want to work for anybody, it's probably working at Wendy's. Absolutely, teach you really quick, huh? <laughs> Absolutely, man. You know what I mean? So, did you? But did it was have, a job, though. Yeah. Did you have any uh, any like projects that you tried as like an entrepreneur business before you you landed on this? Oh, man, no, not really, man. Um, I started my first business, which was which was a carpet cleaning business after I graduated high school. You know, just trying to make money. I was inspired just to make money, and um, we did pretty good, man. But it was a lot. It was too much work. It was hard. And I was I started a business for the wrong reasons. You know, I was I just wanted to make money, you know. So 
when you start businesses, it's, it's, you got to learn a lot. You got to learn marketing, you got to learn uh, uh, sales, you know, how to get customers, generate cash flow, all that. And um, it was so hard, man. It was so hard. Me and my best friend, we started the carpet cleaning business and it was just too hard. So yeah. I quit. I quit. And that's why I went back to school and um, started working in the medical industry, trauma tech, for sure. That's cool. So if you could shrink down what you think are the right reasons to start a business, what would you say now that you've been doing it as long as oh. you have? What are the right reasons for someone who's like, you know, they maybe maybe they're thinking about the carpet business or mm-hmm. thinking about something and just want to start a business. What do you think are the the right reasons? Bro, you got to be passionate. Let me tell you something. You have to be 100%, 1,000% passionate at what you do. Mm-hmm. It's so freaking hard to start a business. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. did it two times already. So it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And to even to sustain, to be successful, sustain that, uh, to make that business successful, I feel like you got to be passionate about what you do. That's number one. That's number one. You have to be passionate because, like I say, like right now, I'm working 16-hour days, 12-hour days, 14-hour days. If I wasn't passionate about what, I, what I'm what i doing, there's no way in the world I can do it. There's mm-hmm. no way. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many elements in business that you have to learn to be uh, to be successful that, you know, you, you got to be passionate about it. You have to be, you know, driven and, and, and passionate about what you do for sure. Yeah, we were talking before, before um, when Courtney came in. About how 16 hour days because we all definitely understand that but you yeah. don't ever like you don't ever look back on a day or a week or a month and think like how many hours i worked when you're passionate yep. and you're actually doing what you want but if you did it'd probably be pretty fucking scary yes and people would it, it would probably scare off a lot of people from starting a business when you're like no this is this is actually normal and you don't ever know when that's gonna stop nope. because you know you you'll you'll hit one milestone and then as an entrepreneur you have a other milestone that yep. you're chasing after. Yep. Um, so I think passion, yeah, couldn't agree more. And uh, I'm telling you right now, man, I'm telling you now, like me, like I, I just started this this, this uh, studio and I didn't have any money when I started this studio. And I went through the hardest part of my life, my 38 years of living. Last couple of years ago was, you know, when I started almost two years and that was the hardest thing I ever done in my life, starting this business. And like I said, I didn't have any money. I, I didn't know how I was going to make it or anything. And I was so passionate about getting to this uh, a place of just the success there's no way in the world I could have done it I was obsessed with it you know so there's no way anything no no way I, no way in the world I'll be standing here doing this podcast if I wasn't passionate about mm-hmm. photography or what I was doing you know it's like I said it was the hardest thing I ever done everything ever done in my life so w- before you started the studio what were what were you involved in most what were you doing before that so I was a photographer uh, for monster energy so I was the main um, main photographer for them I was uh, in, in charge of the the MMA sector of monster so yeah, so I travel the world shooting all the best fires. So okay, so this is a crazy story. So um, <laughs> like I said, I used to work in the the medical industry. So I was a trauma tech at UCSD Hillcrest, and it was just like I said, it was a job. So I wasn't really passionate about it. I was going there working long hours, and um, UCSD is like a psych ward as well. Mm-hmm. So you got to go in there and you got to deal with so much, man. Like people calling you all the craziest names, and you know and. This is it was a job. So I'm working twelve hour shifts, work from um seven P to seven A every day. Seven P, seven A. What five days a week? And um I didn't love it. I was just doing it for the money again. And I was like, dude, I can't this is not this is not where I want to live my life. I want to do something I love to do. So I look on Instagram and I see my friends that are photographers. They're traveling the world, they're making all this money, living this lavish life. And I love photography too. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking, like, what can I do? You know, what can I do that's I love to do, and it's not. It won't be a job, you know. And it's and photography was it. 
So I picked up my first camera and I started learning. And I go down to these these gyms uh, in San Diego and I would start just shooting the local fighters. And I would do that every time I get off. So I worked 7P to 7A. So I got off at 7 o'clock in the morning and I would, practice would be at 10 o'clock. So I, I stay up then I'll shoot at 10. Yep, I'll shoot at 10 o'clock, shoot the fighters. Then I'll uh, go back home. Then I'll, I'll sleep until like 1. Then I edit the photos. Then I'd be to work at 6. I'll leave at 6 o'clock to go, go back to work. And that was my routine. But I was I love photography. I was passionate about photography. So it wasn't a job. So I got two questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is your, the first one's important. Mm-hmm. I imagine you're going to those gyms and shooting. That was for free. Free. Yeah, that's a big one. Free. And and secondly, why what uh, why'd you pick gyms? Like why'd you pick fighters to shoot first? Because I was I love I love uh, MMA. I trained MMA for a long time, and I was like, okay. Like I said, I had a, a, a I just figure out what I want to do with my life. So I just I sat there and I I became real with myself. Courtney, what did you want to do with your life? Mm-hmm. Photography. Okay. What type of photography? Because I believe you got to have clarity. You know, feel like I had a I had a you know orchestrated plan where I'm going to go a route so I can just you know go that you know do what I want to do. So um for MMA photography in 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 particular. So I was like, all right. Then what do I got to do to become a successful MMA photographer? I needed I need to go out there and I need to learn MMA photography. All right. So bought my, bought my camera. Um, I knew I already knew a lot of the photog- uh, fighters already. So went out there, I need to practice. Then I start comparing my work to the, the top uh, MMA photographers that are in the game already. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I shoot. Oh, my, this is shitty. Can you, can you cuss? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, let him fly. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I compare my work to the best, right? Oh, crappy, crappy. Kept on shooting, kept on shooting, kept on shooting, practicing, fine-tuning my craft, you know, until I felt like, you know, you know, I'm in the range of uh, yeah. of these of these good photographers, you know, these the elite photographers, and I just kept practicing, man, kept practicing. I think it's a it's a really important. Um, I don't know if that's like a, a theory or direction for people to take that it's been lost right now, is is working for free because right, right now there's a lot of people who that just doesn't resonate. And, and, and especially even people too, and, and it could be a generational thing. And I don't want to put a, like a millennial tag on it, you know, but even people when they're getting out in the workforce and, and applying for jobs and whatnot, is they put this outrageous price tag and, and, and they're not thinking of those right reasons, right. Um, what you're talking about. And it's funny, I read a Damon John book called Power of Broke and he talks, and that's all about it, like the mindset and, you know, working for free, but, and it's, it's especially important in your um, industry because you got to have a portfolio right. and when people do want to pay you, they're going to see what you've done before. Absolutely. And and it, and I think it's really rare to have someone who, who knows I got to get my standard and measurement up to if, if someone else is pitching them, hey, I want to shoot for you or I want to pay you. Um, so I guess I love talking about and I, and I want to also preface it with like doesn't mean everything you do needs to be for free. Right. But there is that period that I'm sure for you when you look back, that was a foundation. Absolutely. That was, that was the foundation for really what built you and got you in in the doors in the right place because you would, if you would have went in there and – and kind of started throwing around money expectations or price tags, it you wouldn't be you wouldn't have gotten to where, where not, you are. Not at all. I feel like you have to work for free, and I feel that I wasn't professional. I felt I wasn't confident enough to charge in at the at the time, anyways. And like I said, I wanted to practice. I wanted to practice and practice and practice. And I feel like I, how how can I charge somebody if I'm practicing? Mm-hmm. I'm not a professional. <clears throat> a professional is somebody who perfects their craft. And and they bust their ass uh, uh, 
more than a normal person. They just work overwork to perfect their craft. And once you once you uh, perfect that craft, then I can charge. Mm-hmm. I'm not a professional. And at the same time, I wanted the, the people to see my work. I want my work to speak for itself. I wanted, the pe- I wanted to get so freaking good at photography, people will come to me and ask mm-hmm. me for my work. I wanted people to see my work like, oh, my gosh, he's a, the amazing, amazing photographer. I need him on my, um, in my business. And that was, that was my mindset. I, and, and the crazy thing about it, when I first start shooting these, in, the, in the gyms, I'll go to the gym, right? And they'll be like, no, I don't want you to shoot. I do. I'll shoot it for free. I shoot really? Free. Yeah. Everybody turned their, turned their back on me. Everybody was like, no. We don't, we don't want you in here in this gym. Only one person, and, and it was his name is Manolo Hernandez at uh, SDCA. He let me in this gym. It's like, dude, yeah, come shoot. Cool. Why would, why would the other one say no? I don't freaking know. Really? I don't understand. Damn. Do you think I it had to it. maybe do if they were running camps or something like that with the fighters? Probably, yeah. probably. I mean, but even then, there was only, at the time, there was only one really, you know, really, really good gym in San Diego. That was the Alliance MMA. So they didn't have any... These other gyms that have any superstars, maybe one. Alliance MMA at the time was the powerhouse. Right. You know, so they had everybody in there at the time. Mm-hmm. They had Phil Davis. They had Jeremy Stevens, Dominique Cruz, all these elite fighters. And so I was, I wasn't even going there. I was too, uh, I was too, like, uh, I was scared to go there. <laughs> I, I, in my mind, I sucked. Was that when you were doing that? Was that when social media was pretty powerful? Yeah, so, social media was powerful. And that's how I kind of branded myself as well. So I would shoot. I'll go in there and I shoot and I'll put my name on the on my on my on my photos and I just and the fighters are post my photos and that's how I kind of build my name on it. Especially with, with social media being powerful when you're doing that. Fighters now I feel like all understand half the battle is is their marketing and their yeah. content. So I figured they'd be like, Yeah, man, you're shooting for free, come in. Yeah. But I want those photos to push out so I don't understand why they'd say it it blew my mind. And it and it's I didn't understand it, man. I'll go to a you know the gym I'm like, no, that was good. Then I, it was it was so funny when I started shooting at um uh, SDCA, and after like a couple months, everybody, hey man, can you um can you come to my gym mm-hmm. and shoot some photos? No, dude, I'm not doing it. Nope, I'm good. I st- I'm here. I stay here. So when did you turn that corner? Because I imagine um, that's where the story goes. That people started coming to you, or that they started reaching out, and you actually you also had that comfort to say, hey, I'm charging now. Right. Uh, well, it took a while. It took like actually almost two years. So what happened? With my story. How, what happened was um, I was shooting at SDCA and Michael Chandler, which is at the time he was like the man. Oh, yeah. Right, so Michael Chandler hit me up. Was like, man, can't get some photos. I'm like, yeah, shit, yeah, okay. <laughs> so like, come to Victory, Victory MMA. So I go to Victory MMA, shoot Michael Chandler. Then he was like, oh my god, I love these photos. What are you doing Wednesday? <laughs> Michael, shit, nothing. <laughs> you tell <laughs> you know? me. You tell me, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, bro, I'm dropping everything I I I, I had planned to go shoot you. Like, whatever. So um, he was like, okay, I got to train at uh, uh, Alliance MMA on Wednesday. I want you to come shoot. I'm like, shit, Alliance MMA? Cool. So I go down to Alliance MMA, bro. Oh, my. I'm, like I said, I'm fans of all these guys. So, I, you know, <laughs> bro, everybody was there. Bro, it was like, man, it was crazy. Jake Shields was there. Dominic Cruz and, and Jeremy Stevens, all these superstars. Like I said, I love MMA. Yep. So I was a fan of MMA. So I, I watched these guys fight, man. You know, so I'm sitting they're in their training, bro. And and at this time, like, you can't even go in Alliance. You had to be invited or something like that. It was, like, exclusive because there's so many, like I said, elite fighters in there. And I was in there just, like, I couldn't even shoot, man. I was so just a fanboy <laughs> of everybody there, bro. Everybody, you know. And I got in there, and I was nervous. And I'm, I shoot him, and then he loved the photos there. Then guess what? Phil Davis hit me up. Yep. Bro, you, you know those photos that you shot for such Can you shoot some for me? 
Yeah, Phil Davis. <laughs> Phil Davis. Yeah. So I go shoot for Phil Davis. Then guess what? Jeremy Stevens hits me up. Hey, I need some photos too. What shit? What? <laughs> Jeremy Stevens? Bro, oh my gosh. So then all of a sudden I'm shooting at Alliance MMA, bro. And dude, after that, then it was like, wow, man, life is freaking good. This yeah. is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Exactly, man. Then how, how long from that that first time that you left the hospital, went to the gym and just started practicing to when you now were in the door at Alliance. How long was that time period? Two years, wow. two years. I mean, I remember, I remember the day that I, I quit my job at the hospital and the guy would told me, he's like, bro, it's going to take you 10 years to make money in, in, uh, in photography. Right. And I was like, well, whatever. If I, if I got to starve, I starve. Right. So the way, the way it happened was, I was shooting at um, Alliance MMA. Now my name is out there because I'm shooting all these elite fighters. And they're taking my photos and they're reposting on the Instagram or, or whatever, wherever social media outlet. Then all of a sudden, Monster Energy calls me. Mm. Monster Energy. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is it, baby. This is it. Because they're starting to see the fighters posting your photos. Exactly. Because all these fighters are sponsored. Not all of them, but a couple of them. Um, was Phil Davis and Dominic Cruz. They're sponsored by Monster Energy. So Monster Energy goes out and they find the best fighters in the game and they sponsor them. Dominic Cruz and and, and uh, Phil Davis was sponsored. They're sponsored by Monster Energy. Monster seen these photos and they're like, "We need a, a photographer and now they, a MMA photographer." They reached out to me and they was like, "Dude, we want you, we want you to join the um, join the team and be a um, be a MMA photographer for us." Bro, I I cried, man. That yeah. was it. I cried. It was like one of the most emotional times in my life because. I dedicated, this is my first time I ever dedicated my life to something and actually it manifest. I dreamed about this. I dreamed about this, bro. Mm -hmm. This is like, it was so weird to me, man, because it's like, you know, you work hard and you get something, but when you sit there and, and you dream about it and you just you, and you just work hard and bust your ass and you dedicate your life to something and this and you envision your life to be this way and it actually manifests in... in it's the craziest thing ever. It's the craziest thing ever. And um, wow. I quit my job. Now I'm, I'm flying the freaking world across everywhere in the world with a camera shooting the best fighters in the world. And this is what I get paid for. And making crazy money. Yeah. And uh, you're at all the fights, I imagine, too. Bro, front row center, bro. Yeah. Front row. Not, not even out of all the fights, bro. I'm going to their, I'm going to their camps shooting John Jones, Conor McGregor. Uh, you name it, any fighter that you think about, I'm going to their camps, shooting, kicking it with them. Bro, come on. That's life, man. Fuck. I'm I mean, on a whole freaking life. You're talking, I mean, especially the two of us. We got, if we were in those shoes, fuck, man, boy, hard. Bro, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of them. We're, we're trying to figure out how to get me to DJ these camps. We saw that on <laughs> we, saw, we saw an embedded word. Conor McGregor has the DJ. He's like, how can we get you this gig? Yeah. <laughs> He's actually done it. They do a vlog series now for every uh, UFC camp or UFC fight. And they were at the Performance Institute. And as he's walking in, this is just a practice facility. There's a DJ playing. I immediately text him like, how do we get that gig, man? How do we <laughs> yeah. make it happen? Yeah, man. I'm about to get a, I know a couple people, man, so I got to figure it out. What, what sure. stands out to me about your story, though, is so many things. And I um truly fascinated by it, is that you understood what it was going to take to get to where you wanted to be. You understood. Like, a lot of people want to, you know, chase their dreams, right. but they don't understand the sacrifice and the amount of work that it's going to take. They just uh, think it's going to happen overnight. You knew right off the bat. You knew right off the bat what it was going to take, and you still went after it. You know, you know you, what? And I don't want to cut you off. Mm -hmm. 
you know what? Because it, it's definitely what you said. And I think the biggest problem is is everybody wants that monster phone call, right. but they don't want to go to the practice facility. Right. They don't want to go practice at the gym and get denied and go through like that's some humility, that's some frustration, that's Bro. all the hard work. They want tomorrow that phone call from Monster and not in between. And I think that now I'll hand it back off to you. But that's that's why we started this because there's such an in-between. Like you said, two years. Two years probably felt like ten years with the amount of like the nose you got and the amount of like back and forth and learning and trying to get to that level to finally get in the gym. And then I don't know how long after that to get that phone call that it's just, everybody's trying to skip over really important steps. Yeah, man. But the, to answer your question, it's I actually didn't know, man. I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just so passionate about what I wanted to do. It's that's all I know is all thing I know how to do is work hard, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I, I felt like, you know, if I can just work hard and get my skills set up to these these uh, other elite photographers, then I, I have a chance. You well, know? that's the other thing that stood out to me is like the self-awareness to say, I'm not there yet. No. Let me put in my 10,000 hours. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with the 10,000 hours theory, you know, um, uh, from the book Outliers. To be a professional, you got to put in 10,000 hours. Yeah. Uh, and the self-awareness that you had to say, hey, I'm not there yet. Let me keep working. Let me go do this work for free. That to me, I mean stands out i mean I, I think more people should have that self-awareness and 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 put in that work even if it is off youtube mm-hmm. i mean a- anything is possible now with youtube absolutely there is absolutely no excuse for anybody to say i can't do that i don't mm-hmm. know how to do that absolutely if you have the will and you and you and you want to put in the work you can achieve anything and i mean the the fact that you were able to let you, you know say hey i still need more work before yeah. i get there that's just, awesome to me i just feel like you have to be 100 transparent and truthful truthful with yourself you know, I think a lot of times we lie to ourselves and, you know, and and we lie to ourselves and, you know, and to make ourselves feel better, you know. And I was like, man, I was, like I said, I was at a place that I wasn't happy, man. I, You know, working in the hospital was like, it was good money, man, but I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. And at the same, at the, at the same time, I'm like, at the time I was like 32, so I felt like I wasn't successful. So I was like, all right. I got to get my life together too, man. Like I feel like a loser right now. So how can I get my, how can I get on the other level? And the only way I can get on the other level is do something that I love to do, you know, mm-hmm. because when you do something you love to do and you're passionate about it, it's not a job. You know what I mean? So right. that's the only way I can work and sustain that, 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 that work ethic or that have that drive to, to, you know, to, to, you know, take it the long haul, you know? So that's the only thing, man. Like, that's the only thing. That's the only thing I learned, you know, for sure. So I just wanted to, it's like that swimmer, you know, you don't, you don't, you just keep your head down and just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Keep working hard. Just keep busting your ass. Yeah. And you don't look up and, 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 and look at it and look around. I'm just, I just keep my head down and don't listen to anybody. And I, and I just, I think about my, I just listen to myself, man. I don't listen to anybody else. You know, I just want to, I just want to work hard. And I know if I, 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 you know, dedicate my life to anything, I can do it. I can achieve it. It doesn't matter what it is. I don't uh, care what I always it is. tell people that, you know, even on my longest work days, six, working 16 hours for myself is way more gratifying than working eight hours for anybody else. Yeah. Even if the money, you know, is better on the other side, I'd rather work for myself, you know? Absolutely. And you've, like gotten, I, you've gotten there, and I mean, you can tell how happy and, you know, how fulfilling this job is for you, so. Absolutely. Awesome. And even you, man, like, I was a, a fan of you for a long time, you know what I mean? And you're like the best DJ in San Diego that I like, you know, because his words, not mine. I'm just telling you, you, tell you the got truth. that right. Alex? You got yeah. that right. Hey, if you don't know DJ, DJ chaos, I mean, 
you're, you're I don't know what you, where you at. <laughs> I don't know where you at in your life for sure. But I heard about you a long time before. <laughs> Thanks, man. Before I met you for sure, man. And I remember really, like, we, oh, go ahead. No, like I had a birthday party. I wanted to say I had a birthday party at Cafe Sevilla, and I was like, hey, man. At the time, I you know was throwing some money in this birthday party. I was like, hey, if DJ Chaos is not, you know, DJ my birthday party. We're going somewhere else. <laughs> and I worked at Cafe I worked at Cafe Sevilla. I said, if this man is not DJing my um, at my birthday party, sorry. Did you end up DJing? Oh, I did it. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you damn right. He wasn't call. he wasn't even he wasn't like the, the main DJ there at the time. That's uh, so funny. He was requested by me. Yeah, I was like, right. bro, this guy has to DJ at my party, man. That's so funny. Absolutely. That's Swear so to funny. God. I, I think I think dude, we could spend an entire separate podcast talking talking about the shoots and at Monster, but was there like uh, if you could like summarize your time there and like the, the highest points, maybe the lowest points, like the experience because you definitely got to see a lot, dude. bro. Uh, I would just say just you know when you're around these elite people like John Jones, uh, Conor McGregor's, uh, Dominic Cruz's, you know Cerrone, all these elite fighters. I learned I learned their work ethic and their mindset, bro. They're like aliens. And they believed in themselves. They believe in themselves on a whole different level. So I seen that, and I was like, okay, I see it. And it was like, you see, you know, I'm around fighters all the time, so you go to shoot these regular fighters, you know, who's not at that level yet, and I see the way they work out, and they say, I see their mindset. Then you go around these elite fighters, then I see their mindset. I'm like, okay, you got to believe in yourself on a whole different mm-hmm. level. Like Conor McGregor, for example, I hate throwing names out there, but like Conor McGregor, for example, you know the way he is on TV. That's how he is in person. Damn, he really believes in stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can tell Conor McGregor that he sucks. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, and that's all. That's what you gotta carry your life, and that's the way you gotta uh, um, orchestrate your life. I'm the best at anything I do. You know what I mean? And that's how you, you gotta be a savage in life. That's what that dude is. That's what John Jones is. That's what Ronda Rousey is. All these elite people, they believe in themselves on a whole different level, and that's why they. That's why they're so successful. You know what I mean? So do you, do you feel like it's also it's like doubled down by the fact that they work as hard as they do? So it's not just there's a lot of people who are loudmouths and they'll say I'm the best, I'm the best. But right. I mean, and you saw firsthand that they actually have the work behind it to to back up their words. Yes, because I think it's so hard. You gotta you gotta kind of get in that in that mindset. Life is so hard. You got so many obstacles in life and so many challenges to be elite. I think you got to be kind of weird like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You got to be an alien an alien in life. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like a Kanye or something. You got to be on a whole different planet. Mm-hmm. You know, because life is that hard. You got It's so hard to achieve that type of success that, you know, you have to be in a whole different mind, uh, mind state. Because if you're not in that mind state, you'd be just, you'd be just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. so And at that point, it's like, why do it? Right. Why yeah. do it? If you're not achieving for, you know, striving for greatness, well, why even do it? Exactly. Exactly. And so I, did you, did you, did any of that, I guess two parts, any of that rub off on you and now do you consider yourself an alien? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a savage, baby. <laughs> man, you can't tell me nothing right now. You know what I mean? I'm a real savage now, man. Like, like I say, I, I was blessed to be around some great people. And, and one thing about me, when I'm in a, in a situation, I'm just, I might be shooting, but at the same time, I'm observing my environment. And see, well, how the hell did that guy to get here? How did what did he do to be successful like this? Mm-hmm. And you know, and once once you see it from one person, then you see it from another person. That formula must work. Mm-hmm. So guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna be act just like him. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm gonna act just like him. I'm gonna act just like him. I'm gonna act just like him. If that works for him, 
I'm gonna adopt the same formula that he adopts. So I'm just and that's how I am now. I'm a savage, bro. I swear to you, I'm a savage. I, I'm I'm trying to be an alien. I, I I don't consider myself there. I'm true. I'm real myself. I got a lot of work to do, but I, I know where I'm going. I guarantee you that. I know where I'm going. That for it. sure. I love it. How, how long did you stay in that in that position? Uh, at Monster, I was there for four years, almost oh, five years. Yeah, man. So mm-hmm. amazing, bro. Amazing. Was it a tough? I mean, everything aside about how like all the traveling and the fighters, what you're seeing, was it also tough keeping up with? The, I imagine the, the the amount of pressure of being gone all the time, not being at home. I'm sure you were on the go quite a bit. Yes, that's why that, I quit. Oh, really? Yes. That's what I was going to ask. What was the segue out? Because I imagine that that's hard to keep up. Yeah, I mean that that job was for a young young a young snapper, young buckaroo. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's what that job was for. You know, because I was gone. You're gone. I'm shooting all the organizations. So I'm shooting, you know, Bellator. I'm shooting uh, UFC. I'm going. I'm shooting the promotion materials for for fight camps and stuff like that. So you're always gone. So I'm home maybe one day or two days out of the week. So you're living in the hotels. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the old lady's like, hey, you know, like we're in a relationship, but we're not right now, baby. So you know, <laughs> either you're gonna come home and trying to spend some. You know, we're gonna build a life together, or I gotta find somebody else because. Uh, you're gone every day, buddy. You know what yeah. I mean? So I had to make that I had to make that decision, man. And in those studios was that the backup plan for sure. Yeah. So how was it what was the exiting process? Uh it wasn't a good exiting process. You know, um, the guy that I was in charge of me, uh, we didn't we kinda didn't see eye to eye, you know, it was a lot of political things going on. Like for example, I don't want to get too deep into it, but like it was just that's another reason why I quit as well. He was he's stealing my photos, things like that. Say he shot it, you know, because I was shooting these these photos, and it, I felt like it was making him look bad. Like, and and if you read like Forty Eight Laws of Power, you never outshine your master. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and I felt like it was outshining him in a way. It was making him. I was making him look bad by the photos I was he taking. Was also a photographer. He was also a photographer oh, okay. as well. I wanted to be a photographer. Gotcha. So, um, so he would take my photos and say he took them. You know, and I didn't care. You know, so because I'm I was getting paid so good. Yeah. Hey man, take the freaking photos, bro. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. I yeah. don't care. But it was just getting it was getting too political and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? It was you starting getting disrespectful and things like that. And I, I quit. It was it was at a point that was getting really stressful. And um and and I just quit out of the blue. I felt like it was getting really dis- disrespectful with me. Then one day I was calling, I was like, you know what? I, I gotta have dignity, you know what I mean? Like I can't let people talk. My mom let me talk to me like this. Yeah. My dad don't talk to me like this, let alone let somebody else talk to me like this. So I quit. I quit. And that right there was another element of life that I never experienced before, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, then now when I quit, at the, at the same time I was blackballed from the industry because he has that type of power, you know, because Monster's giving these organizations hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, not hundreds of millions, but they a lot of money. A lot of money. Lot, yeah. A lot of money. So now... I can't shoot. So I built my portfolio in MMA so I can't go out and shoot any any jobs so I can't make any money. So how am I going to make money? How does how does how do you blackball someone from cuz I mean at the end of the day they're they're a big sponsor, absolutely big partner. But how do how do you put that like blanketed, hey, you- yeah. So if you're giving the UFC or or Bellator 40 50 million dollars a year, you know, and and so we he's give mix a phone call. Hey man, don't hire this guy anymore. You know what I mean? So I'm a little photographer. You know what I mean? I'm me, Courtney, a little photographer, 40, 50 million dollars a year. Who are you gonna choose? Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's where I kind of learned about politics. Did you, I was going to say, did you see that coming? Ah, no. But I, that's why I learned about politics. That's when I learned about people. And um, once, once I got blackballed from, you know, shooting MMA, then life was, life got pretty crazy. Because now I, gotta, I can't make any money. And I built my portfolio and my career off MMA. So what am I going to shoot now? I can't shoot anything. So I got to make money to survive. Then, you, then I'm making such a good living on, off Monster Energy. I'm making a shitload of money on Monster. So now my expenses are high. Mm-hmm. Got a house, got a Range Rover, a living little lavish life. Now, where's your, your income is, is nothing. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Now, start Hendo Studios. So I was blessed that I was lucky that I traveled so much and so often I wasn't really spending my money lavishly, uh, uh, you know, irresponsibly, you know. So I had a nice bank account. So that that bank account was like saving me for a little bit. So what happened was, <laughs> oh, man, life is crazy. So I opened up the studio, Hendo Studios, and I projected to spend a certain amount. And it it succeeded it's it superseded the amount of amount of money I, I expect to spend on this studio. So I used all my savings to to open the studio up. You were all in. All in, bro. How soon after how soon after you exited did Hendo Studio start? Um, within a month. Wow. Yep. So so what was that? Because uh, we've had similar stories on a podcast before. Mm-hmm. What was what did day one look like? Of uh, quitting. Quitting. It was liberating, man, because I stood up for myself. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I felt good about it because I felt like I was selling my soul to the devil. I felt like I, I felt like I was letting people disrespect me for a paycheck. And I said, you know what? I could, I, I believe in myself. I've been here before. I've been on the bottom. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? Instead of just selling my soul to the devil and 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 working for somebody, let somebody disrespect me for a paycheck, I go back poor again. I eat ramen noodles and start fucking all over again. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I start all over again. You know, and I said, I believe myself so much that if I just dedicate myself to something else, I, I will, I'll get back to the point where I, I was at already. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. How much different do you think things would look for you right now if you, if you didn't quit, if you did stay? If I didn't quit, I stayed at Monster Energy? Mm-hmm. I would have hated myself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the money at the time. It wasn't about the money. It was just about somebody just treat me like shit and I let somebody just disrespect me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, I was, it was like a, a, it was the best part of my life and it was probably the worst part of my life. You know what I mean? Cause was, I wasn't happy, but I was happy. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, the job was amazing, but the way I was being treated behind the scenes, it was, it was, it was horrible. I had to live myself every day, go home and live, go to sleep and live myself and let this man talk to me like I was a kid every day. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, bro. That person's still there? That monster? Ah, yeah. He's a monster still for sure. So it, I mean, it, it had to be, and especially now that you have your own studio and what you're doing, it had to almost be a feeling of, yeah, you were then doing your shooting and your photographer, and it was technically your own business, but you were kind of you felt like working for someone, I'm sure. Too. Yeah, yeah. Which, which ultimately, what you wanted, you wanted to run your own business. Absolutely. So it was almost a blessing in disguise. You damn right. Even though it was gnarly. Yes, sir. Um, and and you don't know how that those things are going to pop up. Um, God, and someone just said, told me a quote the other day that was. It's like super relevant. It's like life will introduce people or, or, or circumstances that shows you where you're not free. Yes. And that's definitely one of those be like, I have this great job. I'm traveling. Everything seems, seems so great, but you did have a part that you weren't free. Yes. You weren't free on. And now you're like, it's a little bit scary. I'm sure. Yes. You're totally free. Yes, bro. And remember I said in the beginning of the podcast, I was like my, my biggest, my, one of my highest, my, one of my overall goal was start my own business. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to start my own business. Since I was a kid. 
Mm-hmm. Look at me now. That I feel like life is weird, man. Like you just things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. I remember Dom told me this. He's like, hey, he said, people are in your life for a reason. You got to figure out why he's in your life. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like that guy was in the, in my life to teach me. You know, I need to be in my I be, need to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. Did, it, did it take you a while? And, and maybe it's still something that like you work with, like the challenge of, you know putting him behind you or like keeping putting in a positive place versus like, if you just let that, like the resentment, because in, in a, in a way, you know, and I always try to find silver linings, right? His, his toxicity and how he was treating you. you never would have had Hendo studios. You, yep. You know, and, and, and granted that's not being like, you don't ever want to go up and shake the man's hand, but thank you yep. because they're still a feeling, but did it, did it take a while to kind of not live with a little like resentment? Um, and, and maybe like anger, wanting to prevent, like did, did that exist or? Oh, absolutely. It, it, it exists to this day. I, mm-hmm. I don't hate anybody, but I hate this person. But, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, a, I'm a really positive person. I'm, I'm a love, loving person, respectful person. But to this day, like I hate this person. I don't hate anybody, but I hate this person. And I'm, to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get it in my head, just let it go and then whatever like that. But I, I even used that anger I feel like that anger made me successful right now to make made me uh, this business successful because I used that anger and that fuel to to you know on the hardest days of me uh, you know running this studio and trying to build this studio I used that I said like, I can't quit I can't let this guy do me like this you know mm-hmm. and that kept me going you know so I'm just trying to take that negative energy and 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 convert it to to something positive you know so definitely but it's hard man because it was it's a traumatizing um, time of my life you know what I mean it's traumatizing. Cause I didn't have nothing. I was down there homeless out there, mm-hmm. you know. So it was a, it was a hard time in my life. And like I said, thirty eight years of, of me living that was the hardest time. Two thousand eighteen was the hardest year ever of me living on this on this planet on Earth for sure. What was the What was the biggest lesson from the like the I guess you could say nastiness of the of exiting? What was the, your biggest lesson if you could say now that you learned if you could put it in, into one lesson? Well, well. Essentially, what happened was I spent all my money, right? So building the building the studio. Mm-hmm. So me not knowing business, um, you need money to market. You need the money to advertise. You need money to generate cash flow in the business because that's one of the biggest things. You got to have cash flow. So now I had all these expenses because I had this lavish life from Monster because I was getting paid in good, and I didn't have any money to to market this business, and I wasn't making any. I wasn't generating any money at the time. From from anything else, so I went to a point of depression because my life was you know starting to decline. So I work hard to get achieve all these things, you know, and like I say, I had these Range uh, Range Rovers and nice house. So I had to get rid of all that. I had to liquidate liquidate everything, mm-hmm. to, you know, to decrease all my expenses. Then at the, you got a new business, so you have expenses as well. You got business expenses. I got to pay. I got to pay a rent. I got to pay, you know, uh, whatever it is, you know, business expenses. And it's still, I have to live on, you know, my rent and and living expenses as well, you know? So Mm -hmm. it got to a point that I didn't have any money coming in. I wasn't getting revenue and I had to, had to liquidate everything. And I I started sleeping in my, uh, in the studio. Damn. So I went from, we're, we're talking about with, from, Maybe six, seven months, six months, maybe, maybe even less than that. You live on top of the world and you're sleeping in your studio. So I slept in my studio for six, seven, eight months because I, I wasn't making any money. And, and my mindset was like, if I can keep this studio open, 
and just pay these bills, I know I can get up. I know I make it. But I, so I slept in the studio, man. I slept in my office and um, on a, on a, on the twin mattress. And when people came in, I roll it up and put it behind the door, and I just worked. And, and I, at nighttime, roll that mattress back out. I, I was running. I was running uh, every morning, every night at in, at Twenty Four Hour Fitness on treadmill. So I take my showers there. Oh damn! And I go back to my studio and I sleep. And it was grind time. It was grind time. But it taught me so much about myself, you know, through that adversity and all that, the hard times. It taught me so much. Like, only person you have in life is yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no excuses. And and if you want something, you got to do whatever you got to do to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And because my back was against the wall, and I don't think I had in my life as a studio, and there's nowhere in the world I quit because I was too deep in, and I believe in myself so much. So it's like, it was crazy, man. Man, I have a lot of questions on that. Did first one? Did, did it remind you of? Did it all bring back like the memories of first time going into gyms and shooting for free and trying to build? Did it, did it bring back some of those memories, or was, was it a different type of? Because you also no. said too, there's a little level of of depression, which is I'm sure was you 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 went through a extreme state of culture shock. I mean, right, you were, right you were here. So I mean, where where was your mind at as far as? And you believed in yourself, which is which is probably the way you crawled out of well, depression, but. The hardest part about the whole the whole aspect is like everything around my life was craving in. Like, you know, I was kinda like, you know, shooting that monster. You get all you you build all your relationships with people and people want to be your friend and you think people are your friends and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden when I didn't have the money and the Range Rovers and the the recognition of shooting that monster, everybody disappeared. You know? So it was it was it was the craziest part. It was so many different lessons I was learning at once, man. And it was so much it was just so much going on, bro. You're you're poor, you know, you're living in in in, in your uh, you know, in in, in the studio in in, in your, your business. People you're not cool anymore. People you, people yeah. that you thought was your friend is not your friend, you know. It was just like I'm by myself. So now I'm back to like you said, back to back to square one again, like I'm shooting in the gyms. I've been there before. Yeah, yeah. I've been on the bottom already. So cool. Let's restart the process again. Do many people know that you did this when you opened the studio? Not to know. I don't really. T- I don't really tell any too many people. Did you have to? Because I mean that 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 is a tough transition. Did you create? And I know you said one of them was like going working out and going to the gym. And we talked about that when you first got in here. Is that right. that is is really helpful to get your mind off of? Yes. Even when you're if you're day one or if you're ten years in with a company, it's good to get your mind out of that the monkey mind. I call it. Yeah. Um, did you start creating like, I know it's a, a crawl, walk, run to get out of that, that headspace. Was there certain things you were doing to, to get back? No, bro. No, it was just, it was just anger. Mm. A lot of anger, a lot of hurt and anger. And, um, like I said, man, and what's the most, like I said, the most hurtful part was like, people thought you thought was your friend. You know what I mean? You'd be like, damn, I traveled the world with this dude for four years, man. Like, damn, you turned my back on me. Like, Wow. It's cool though, whatever, you know. But I was like, you know what, Courtney, you gotta talk to yourself. You gotta be that weird dude because I've been around the best already and I've seen what they did. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I know who I am. I know what I, what I can do. You know what I mean? So take those skill sets. You know what I mean? And, and take those skill sets and the stuff that you learn from other people and start applying it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did, man. I sat there and I, and I just I start figuring out ways. There's a way, no matter what. There's a way. I don't care what. Bad situation you're in in life, there's always a way. There's always a way. Mm-hmm. 
even though I was a kid, like like I said, growing up rough, man. Like you know, dealing with all this adversity, and and when I was a kid, there's always a way. It's all about what you think and how you know how you think. You know what I mean? So it's all about the mindset, your reality, and and that's why, like I said, I started you know applying all this stuff that I learned throughout the years, and I know I believe in myself, man. Like like start from day one. Let's start shooting. Let's figure out a way. You know, um, you know, and that's all I did, man. I started this figuring out different, you know, crafty um, uh, marketing uh, tactics to, to, to market the studio to get it up. Mm-hmm. Sure, because I didn't have money. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a really similar. I know you, you use the name Dominic, so it sounds like you guys have a relationship. Absolutely. And I think Dominic, for starters, is one of the greatest fighters, but is also, like, he, how he's sharpened his mental, like, um, mental game and outlook is really impressive, too. That I remember a ways back him talking about, because he's also – really injury prone yes and it's, it's got to be similar because you lived in that space and you're shooting that space and you said you got relationship with these fighters and you watched their their tenacity and their aliens but they're also in a space too where they're up here then they might get in a fight they get knocked out and now they're and, and and dominic was talking about examples of when he was injured and now all of a sudden his sponsors turned their back yes the people who loved him turned his back yep. all all the cameras and spotlight and all that so it's got to be like a, a eerie similar feeling yeah. is you know you you're here and then literally in the th- flick of a switch it's you're down but and then but you've been around people who, who, who dealt with that it's, it's heartbreaking bro yeah i'm telling you man like and like you like dom the, the thing with dom he's up and down up and down up and down so he's kind of used to it but when the first time this this happens to you it's it's, it's the hardest thing in the world man because you know you build the relationships and like let's say we become boys and everything and we all we spend time with each other every day like you know so we, we, grow, we grow that rapport. Then all of a sudden, like, when you're not in, you know, associated with certain people, it's like, we're not cool anymore. So it's, like, weird. That's, like, the weirdest thing to me. Like, mm-hmm. like when I, when I was raised, like, a friend is like family. Mm-hmm. To me, a friend is like family. It's not a friend. So I guess that friendship was, wasn't a really a friendship, you know? So, but, like, like I said, I learned a lot through Dom. I've see, I seen Dom... I've been shooting Dom for a long time, so I seen him when he was on top, when he had the belt, to to when he had depression and he and he had to you know crawl out of depression as well. I I witnessed that, but like I said, you got to look at other people's situations in life, and you got to have that wisdom and 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 that mindset that you got to learn from different people's situations because that's how you become more uh you you grow your wisdom. Like for example, if you go through something and and if you sit there and you witness that. You you see the, the the positive and negatives and you learn from it. Mm-hmm. So I sat there and I learned from dumb, you know, like just like I said, all that stuff that you learn from over the years. I just I applied to myself for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like there's a because we so we've been in business ten years, but there's almost like a, a an addiction that I have because we I was talking to you before we came in that we've started new departments in our company, right that it's almost like an addiction and I look forward to when, whenever we ramp up a new, and this is like, this is we're a year in with this. So this right. is uh, an example of that is we do have certain parts of our business and departments that are like up here. Right. I would maybe put it like at the monster level, but there's like some sort there's some empowerment behind starting from bottom right. again. Now, if you can do it without just completely fall, falling off, you're right. doing it at the same time that you're maintaining this, but then started, there's something great about that grind starting up. Yes. being the little guy again i don't know what it is i don't know if it just it, it always keeps you sharper it always keeps that part of your brain thinking right. 
but there there's a power there's there's a value behind that man and i'm sure i'm sure i mean it's only been a couple years for you but i'm sure in 10 years or 20 years you're probably going to look back at that and it's going to be like the most uh impactful thing that you talk about for the rest of your life because it was it was a turning point it was a turning point the same way turning point as leaving the hospital was a turning point this is going to be a bigger one Oh, bro, let me tell you. Forever you talk about. Yes. And the crazy thing about it, like, you got to you gotta think positive. So I, I think positive about it. So check. So the cool thing about that, even though you all, when you go through adversity, right, you, like I said, you learn from your situation, but it also gives you confidence. So I, like I said, I was on the bottom, and I came, I came, I grinded from the mud, man. Now mm-hmm. I made my, I made some out of myself out of nothing. So what can you, it gives you that confidence within yourself to, to you, you can conquer anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can do anything, no matter what, man. Like if you start from the bottom, from all that adversity, and, and you and you grow from the weeds, you know. So it gives you that confidence. Now, like I said, I'm a savage. I can conquer anything I want. Yeah, I can do anything I want. Yeah, and it probably helps you channel like the things that you used to be afraid of. Yeah, past, now you're just like. Bro, Fuck that. I don't, I don't, I don't fear nothing anymore, bro. I've yeah. been on the bottom. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been the worst of the worst. Well, you can't go in, you can't even get any worse than where I was. Yeah. So now I have this, this persona about myself. Like I can conquer the world if I want it. So it's like a blessing in disguise. You know, it's, it's a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. All think of everything I endured, all the pain and the struggle. It's a blessing, man. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, I could do anything I want. I don't care what anybody says. I don't believe I don't listen to anybody. I don't listen to the only person I listen to is myself. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't care what anybody think about me now. I'm a savage, man. I'm a freaking savage, bro. I don't care. I can I can conquer anything. Oh, that's I love true. It. I think that's a good segue too. Now now talking because we want to talk about Hendo and okay. studios. That's a great segue. And <laughs> Got me hot, bro. See what he did, chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Now, now let's talk about the savage savage part because we've been keeping a close eye. I personally been keeping a close eye. You're doing incredible things over there. Thank you. Uh, I know, like you're one of those the businesses and what you're doing over there that we'd love to even come over and see. But for 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 now, want to hear like what's all going on? We talked a little bit before mm-hmm. start. Like you you have a lot a lot going on, and I know it's there's there's a big yeah. business growing over there so absolutely let's talk baby about what, what's uh, shaking and baking with uh with hendo so hendo studios is uh it's a studio and um we do a lot of uh product photography we do promotional photography renting out to other photographers videographers to come in this just do their just come and create you know mm-hmm. so i wanted this studio to be about the community and other people and i wanted to create a space that people can come in and this in this learn learn about photography uh, videography, whatever, and just, just be creative, you know? And um, I wanted to be this own entity. I didn't want to be anything about me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be this own entity and just, and that's what it is, you know? So um, I love it, man. Like I, I see people come in all the time and and, and I see people start at a, a, a certain level and grow. It's it's a beautiful place. It's a fun, it's a fun place. It's a positive environment for sure. There's a big difference between when, Courtney Henderson stamped on it and Hendo. Yeah. Like a big transition, yeah. you know, for I, I think for the better, mm-hmm. you know, because with how it was in the past too, it lives and dies by you. Absolutely. It can be a tough act to keep up. Yes. And, and I know you said in here before too, you're actually now, you're more in kind of, I called it turning the knobs. But you're, you're more running the business now. Right? Absolutely. Yes. So I'm trying to transition out of being a self-employed to a businessman because when you're self-employed, you, you know, Let's say if I get injured or I get sick or something, that paycheck is not coming anymore. Mm-hmm. 
So, I, like I said, I want Hendo Studios to be its own entity and it grow by itself. That way, it be self-sustainable, and that money, that that revenue is, is generated by itself. So, I don't have to work it. So, that's the plan of that. And I want to start other businesses and 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 help people out and 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 reach out to the community and help people. And and it's, that's my plan for sure. Yeah, I love it. So, yeah. so what's uh, I mean, twenty twenty for you as a person and twenty twenty for Hendo Studios. What's uh what are some like highlights or what are some real uh, goals you're chasing after or some you can talk about, maybe can't talk about like what's, Ooh. what's the perfect year look like for you this year? Oh man. Like I was saying, like I just want to get more business savvy. I want to be, uh, invest my money and, um, be an investor, sophisticated investor. That's my goal for sure. I want to, I want my money to work for itself and I don't want to work for money anymore. I want to be, I want to be a top businessman, bro. That's that's my thing for sure. For my personal goals in those studios, like I said, I want to give back to the community, service others, and I just want um I want it to be a place that when people come, they learn. Cause I feel like San Diego is we're lacking uh we're lacking the education for us photography. You know what I mean? And I want it to be a place, a learning center when people come come to the studio. For Have sure. you ever thought about that for you? I mean, you got to crazy story that you, you you potentially being like a platform or a voice for teaching and it's specific to like <sighs> photography ah uh, i don't like i don't like talking about myself that much man like <laughs> but talking about photography oh you know, photography like you said there, there's people like there is an education because it's probably i mean the way the social media thing is every, everything's going people qualify themselves as a photographer probably aren't photographers yeah oh my god they don't, they don't know that so there's probably a, a, an education for sure needed for sure but the only thing bad about san diego that it's the instagram uh it's an instagram city mm-hmm. so photography is different from if you go to la or you go to new york those guys are, are they're serious about photography san diego we have this temperature we have this culture that we just want to create for Instagram. We don't want to learn the, the actual techniques to be uh, the best photographer in the world. You know, we just want to, you know, just create a couple good photos to get these likes and these, these followers. That's San Diego. So that's the only bad thing about San Diego. But of course we got a couple good photographers, but it's like I said, it's not even close to other cities. It's not even close. Yeah. Do you, so, do you still, cause I mean, you have a, a, a really strong personal following. Do you still, I mean, what is your strategy? Do you still lean on that quite a bit for, for business or personal? Like, you got a guy come on who, who shaped the word relationship capital, like building his relationship capital, which we I think is a really, um, like there's capital, capital, relationship capital, almost as as important. Do you use you or your personal brand or platform in the business world? I should, but I don't. Um, I'm not. I don't. I'm not really into like social media that much. But I sh- I'm trying to get there and trying to change my mindset. You know, but I hate going on social media, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I hate going on it. I hate looking at it. Uh, you know, because it's just, it's, it's a lot of negativity. It's a lot of wasting. I feel like you're wasting a lot of my time when I'm on social media. I mean, I had, I lost probably like 10,000 followers, you know, and I don't care. From what? From just not being active. Uh, you know, because I feel like it's fake. It's all fake love. You know what I mean? It's fake. I want to be real. I want to be genuine with people. I want to go out and I want to create relationships. You know, I want to create you know, meaningful relationship, real relationships. And I think people just, I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't like, I'm just not into the social media thing. I'm not into it, but I'm trying because it, it is beneficial for business for sure. You know, and the stronger that following is, you, it can generate 
different revenue revenue sources and streams <laughs> for sure. So um, this year, I'm going to hire somebody to probably take over my Instagram or something like that mm. and help me out because that's one of my weak areas. So if, I, I'm from, if I'm weak in that area, I got to improve on it. So for sure, I'm definitely working on myself and my personal brand for sure this year. Totally. Yeah. What's uh, one thing or a person or a thing that you haven't shot that you really want to shoot? Uh, shoot? I'm not, in, tell you the truth, I'm not really inspired to shoot anymore. Really? I'm, I'm more inspired by business and growing and, and service others and helping other people now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, photography is not something that I'm not really inspired by. I don't think about it as much anymore. I love photography, but I, I don't really want to, I don't want to shoot full time anymore. I want to generate, I want to start businesses to help other people. I want to have a, build a legacy. I want to, I want to, I want to impact the world in some way, you know, and help others and service others. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to create something bigger than myself. It's not about me. You know, it's, it's about, it's about changing other people's lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that's my thing for sure. So that's, that's what, what I want to grow. Was it part of the, the, the monster exit that you, lost some of the inspire for photography or has it been just something else that too that too but at the same time is that was part of it i said that was a piece of it but at the same time it's like i want to grow as a human being as well you know what i mean totally. i don't want to be self-employed anymore i want to be i want to set my goals high and 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 conquer things i want to i want to be great man i want to be great so i felt like photography is it's good but I want. I just want to keep growing as an as an individual and as a human, as a as a person. And uh, I want, there's other things I want to do and, and, and conquer in, in my life. And life is short, man. I'm down there forty. I got another probably forty, fifty years. So shit, you got to keep pushing, well, baby. Uh, technology nowadays. I I told people it's one fifty. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're, no, we're right? creeping up on one fifty. Right. So seriously. Seriously. You're at quarter life crisis right now. Hey, I, I'll listen. To, yeah, for real. I'll listen to Elon Musk the other day, man. He was, it was, wow, he's crazy. He's going to make it to 200. Yeah, easy. He's an alien. Wow. He's an actual alien. I believe he is. <laughs> I truly believe he is. Something, he's not, it's something about that guy, you know. Well, well hey, I, I, I wouldn't want to, I mean, the same way you gassed up chaos about DJing. He's amazing. A lot of people out there would think uh, you retired at your prime. <sighs> and there's a lot of people out there that I know. I mean, that's, that's how our networks uh, met is, is people who have, um, had you either at their events or shot them personally and all that, that uh, it's kind of like Jordan going out too, too early. And I'm sure you know that. I'm sure you know people still, they still want your, your style, your, your photography. So yeah. just putting that in the back of your yeah. mind. I'm sure it's already back there, but letting you know that there's people out there. A lot of them. Yeah, man. And I do, let me tell you, man, I, I, I appreciate the support, man, because life is hard, man. So when you do hear people, you know, give you love and stuff like that, you know, it's, I, I, it means a lot to me, you know what I mean? Because I'm nobody special. I'm just a regular guy, man, that's trying to conquer my goals and my dreams, man, and help others. So, you know, all the love I get, you know, I try to try to give the love back, you know. So, like I said, I love photography, but it's not it's not in my heart like it's like it was. I don't have that hunger. Mm-hmm. I don't have that, you know, that go you know that hunger that like I used to. So, there's it's I have to find other ways to channel, you know, my thoughts and my feelings and and. I got other goals, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is there any, is there any like crazy outside of photography industries or fields that you want to get yourself in? Not necessarily this year, but eventually that you like, you've had your eye on, you want to be part of? Oh man. You know, I don't shoot. That's a, that's a good question. No, not really. No, nothing, nothing, nothing that stand out. 
I just want to I want to be like Warren Buffett, man. You know that type of guy. <laughs> you know? I want private jets and stuff, man. I want you know what I mean? I want to be a I want to be on a whole different level, man. You know? Seriously, bro. It's like I want I want more out of life. I want to experience everything. And are you are you still I mean switching now personal side? Are you still with uh the the girl that you were with in the Monster days? Absolutely. How's that? I'm, I'm sure and it's a lot healthier now. Bro, she slept on the floor with me when was when we was in the office. I had to marry the girl, man. Yeah, bro. Bro, this girl was like, we had, I swear I had a desk look just like that. I have that same desk from Ikea. You know what I mean? Dope desk, right? We slept on that floor, man. We slept on that floor. She never complained. She stayed with me. You know, we, 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 we met when we were poor, you know, when I was poor. You know, then we have this lavish life, traveling the world, you know, doing anything, buying anything that you want. Then, then all of a sudden, we went back to sleeping on the floor. Mm-hmm. And this girl stayed right beside me. Mm-hmm. She's a blessing, bro. Like, hey, I got to put the ring on that. You know, so <laughs> she's still there, man. She's still there. She complains. She's a girl, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Shit, man, that girl, wow. But I can't, I, can't, I can't get rid of her, man, you know? That girl, that girl been with me from the bottom to the top, the bottom, the side, left, right, middle. I love it. It's amazing, man, so... If, Absolutely. If, if there was always towards the end of the episode, we always try to ask this, this one question. Mm-hmm. If there was a, a piece of advice you give someone who was at the starting point of in the weezer, at the starting point of grabbing that camera and going down to the gym, what would be your advice to someone who, who might be listening right now, who might be shooting for free or whatever, if they're not in photography, what's your advice as far as like, you know, keeping, keep moving forward. Easy. So the first thing, Make sure you, you're passionate about what you do. That's number one because everything is going to be hard, bro. And, and the road that you're traveling is a lonely, dark, long-ass road, bro. Long-ass road. So be passionate about it. Believe in yourself. Don't listen to anybody else. You know, um, believe in yourself. Have a, have a clear path of where you want to go because when you have that clear path, you know where you're going. It's easy to take those steps. And um, number two, uh, this is probably number two, probably number three or four, whatever where I'm at. But um, I say become obsessed with it, become obsessed with whatever, whatever you, whatever you're, you're trying to do. You know what I mean? Because that's gonna allow you to uh, get farther and and work harder. That's all I was saying. I'll say learn as much as you can, learn as be be obsessed with it and learn as much as you can. This, this live it, eat it, crap it, whatever you do. This <laughs> be obsessed with it, man. Just sit there and that make that your whole life. Erase everything else and make it your whole life, and, and you'll be successful. Guarantee you. That's great, man. Yeah, Dude, I'm not just saying this. Say it. This was this was awesome. Like uh, we definitely covered a lot, and I think your story. I didn't know that. I didn't know this. So this was. Yeah, it's crazy. This, this is great, man. But no, I, I genuinely mean that. This was this was a, a lot of useful stuff that I think more people need to hear because I don't think you're the only one. Everybody's got a, a story in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Like like your story, and like our our purpose here is. That's, those stories need to be heard, you know, because there's a, there's a lot of facade right now of, around, you know, a lot of people see your studio right now or probably saw you when you were shooting for Monster, but they didn't see these other parts. Yeah, and, man. and I think those are the most important parts and like the building blocks to, to get where everybody's ultimately wanting to go and where you want to ultimately see everybody get there as well. I do. But it's just going to like this, whether it's a social media world or everything that's going on now, it, there's just a lot of smoke and mirrors up. And I think this Absolutely. really, uh, I appreciate like, we appreciate when anybody comes on and, and is, and has it, I call it like the humility enough to really put this out there because yeah. uh, it's important, man. And, and I'm sure for you, like I said, down the road, it's going to be something 
you hold really, really close and that, you know, was your, that was your springboard to, to, to getting to where you got. So totally like all appreciation, respect on our end, but this is great. Another thing to know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, an alternative route that you took to get where you're at. A lot of the people that we have on started young, went to college, went that route. You were 32. You went, you learned off YouTube and you were able to build yourself and that's just off of sheer will, determination, hard work. So, but it's, it's a testament too to like, Mm -hmm. there is no right age. There Mm -hmm. is no right time. There is no playbook, but, but the stuff you said, you know, like the work ethic, the, the, all the stuff that you put into shoot the last hour or so it doesn't matter if it's 22 or 32 college no college military no military nope. whatever you know it's that starting point and what you do and and the bumps in the road that you get through because no, most people now they hit that first bump and that's it yes hold up shop and are done yeah and you had several bumps you had bumps after you were on the top of the mountain yeah you know Absolutely. so i i think it's it's a super rare story that uh that uh, I love, man. So. I appreciate you guys having me on here, man. I love your platform and and the, and you guys as well. You guys are successful as well, you know. So I'm, I learn from you guys and I see you guys doing your thing and and it's inspirational as well, you know. So this is an amazing platform. Like I I seen episodes before I even came on here. So for me to be on here, it's a, it's a blessing, man. So for sure, I appreciate you guys for sure. Even having a platform for people could can speak and learn because I think it's important, man. I think it's important. I wish I had somebody that told me all this stuff before I dro- I travel down this road. So, you know, I appreciate you guys. You guys are doing big things. So Boy, it's a just, just, you know, we, we created this platform and I'll speak just for me to learn more. Like there's, ne- there's never a stop to, to learning or like being educated and hearing like, your story it's it's definitely when we turn these mics off now i want to go fucking like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sprinting into that office i'm here till midnight bro like there's it, no excuses in life man but, but i learned so much from it from a personal and a, and a professional level and, and and there's a lot of crossover in people's stories on this yeah. show and so you know too we vet uh who comes on because we don't really want the facade story we don't we don't necessarily want someone who's a million followers like your follower fan base we don't care about that either it's these stories, and this was like this is definitely one of my 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 favorites because it's really uh, a learning episode. So um, next one we got to come down to your studio and, and and rec shop and run around there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, man, but, come on uh, there. Yeah, come man. to the come to the candy shop, man. <laughs> <laughs> got you. But awesome, got you, thanks, man. Sure. Appreciate you.